Hello friends and welcome to Living Our Truth Podcast. I am your host Paddy Frain and in this series I will be having conversations with some people who have been pillars of support for me as I've been on my own journey of self-discovery as I've stepped away from a life which might be considered normal and uh, embraced something which is a little bit closer to what I consider to be my true calling and my reason for being put on the earth. So many of these people, I find them inspiring because they have committed themselves to a life of service to other people. They have found their own personal truth. They have found their voice through creative expression. Or they have developed deep, deep spiritual practices to connect to their highest self. So I hope you find this podcast series to be insightful and enjoyable. And if you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please just send me a message or pop a comment on any of the relevant platforms. Much love, friends. I hope you enjoy. Peace. In today's episode, episode one, I will be speaking to Matthew Liam Gardner. Now, this dude is an incredibly powerful dude. Uh, When I first sat with him in a circle, in fact, in a workshop, I could feel my body start to shake as he spoke. He has a real way with words, he has a real presence, and I feel very honoured to be able to call him a friend at the moment. And he's been somewhat of a mentor for me in the last six months or so, and I'm really, really looking forward to just seeing how our journey together unfolds in the next few years. So, without saying too much more, please enjoy this podcast, episode one of Living Our Truth with Matthew Liam Gardner. Okay, Matthew. Thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Pleasure to be here. How are you? doing i'm doing okay we went for a shannon and i went for a little walk down to the uh the little hill down the road and i sat and watched the sun a couple of hours ago so i had a little a little bit of romantic beginning to the the day and a lead into this with nature beautiful lovely man we've been so broad beans today mm-hmm. so yeah okay i had the in bulk yesterday didn't we the first days of spring and i can really feel it in the air i can feel it in my body as well like the energy starting to build up a little bit which is interesting because i'm kind of just settled into like the calm and slowness of winter you know just got there to this place of like ah oh, yeah i'm resting and already like starting to pick up again so yeah the seasons don't wait for anyone do they <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the opposite i'm like my uh, i hit winter and i hit winter really hard like really hard like really bare in the cave and the wheels are just starting to kind of like <laughs> Yeah, starting to move now. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, God, I could do with another winter. To be honest, never thought of him. So I'll say that. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining us today, man. So, um, yeah, as a little introduction to what this podcast series is, um, yeah, I've been very blessed on my journey in the last couple of years to have some incredible people to help guide me on my own journey of. Um, awakening and understanding who I am and um, yeah you have been quite instrumental in that in that Matthew so first for for people that are watching I'd like to just tell a short story about how how we came to meet 
Um, so I was doing a course in miracles with uh, John Fryer and Mark Hughes. I didn't know Mark at this point. I just met John and um, we were talking, you know, through the course and Mark said, oh, you should come to this, this festival that I'm organizing, which was Soul Tribe. And it was Spirit Horse and I had been looking at Spirit Horse. And I think, wow, this is a place I need to visit. So I was like, okay, you know, I felt it in the body. It's like, yes, I'm being called to come to this place. And whilst we were there, um, I saw, I can't even remember what the title of your workshop was, something about inspired leaders or something. Yeah, I can't remember what the title was. Um, and I had like quite a big moat. Yeah, <laughs> I had a big moment of decision because there was also like a, some kind of like sexual intimacy thing workshop going on at the time. And like part of me peaked and was like, oh, that sounds interesting like that. But then I also felt this strong call. So in that moment, I had the decision to like, you know, go with my like sexual drives, which is obviously like quite appealing, but it's what might be considered like a lower level energy or go with like more of a gut feeling, which feels a bit more like truth. So I had to turn away from something that was, um, you know, more on a, like sensual to, to something that was higher. And I was greatly rewarded. I just remember being stood in your presence for the first time, man. And we, and you did that, that eye gazing workshop and wow, holy shit. I, my whole body was just reverberating with, uh, with truth. And I felt a lot of pieces of myself just slot into an alignment. So, yeah, I, I knew straight away. I was like, wow, there's something about this dude. <laughs> something about your presence, about how you hold yourself and they, um, how you speak from a place of, like, calm, knowing. So that was my, that was my first impression. And, uh, and then, yeah, after doing my yoga retreat, I, I felt the call to explore my own capacity as a space holder um and i made a little prayer to the universe okay uh, this is something i want i'm calling in this opportunity to grow and expand as someone who holds ritual or ceremony and i first thing i saw when i went on facebook is your offering of sacred leadership immersion so i signed mm. up and and that was uh yeah and things went from there didn't they Mm. so it was and, yeah and well i friend. guess we might come to where you're we have indeed become great friends yeah i guess like where you are at the moment might slot into a an, another bit of the puzzle a little bit later on in the conversation but yeah so would you like to share a bit from your end about who you are your <laughs> origin story where how you've come to be sat where you are today yeah thank you brother and thank you for that beautiful introduction as well it's um just been it's been really lovely to you know slowly and tenderly deepen our friendship and just to come closer together and um you know i've always i always say that we've all i mean we've all got gifts for each other and um you know I've, with you i find myself remembering nature and bare feet and like my innate wildness and uh, back straight. Sometimes I'm very, I'm kind of a slouchy, let the belly go kind of bear looking in your eye. And, and there's also the time for that straight back architecture. Um, so I just wanted to acknowledge that I've, I've received a lot from our dances together as well, my man. And um, I'm grateful for the time that we've shared. Yeah. So who, who am I? Um, where do I come from? Uh, Forged in the fires of Mount Doom, 
<laughs> so, so I'm an Australian and you can tell from the accent that I'm Australian. Um, and I, the short version of all of this is I grew up without a dad and I had younger brothers and little six year old me uh, made it mean that I had to pursue what is true in the world and what is real and what is beautiful. And those weren't my six year old words, but something like that for my brothers. I had to go in search of what is real and always like, like listen to myself as I uncovered ever deeper. And then to bring that back to my brothers and uh, be an example and a role model for them. And so that was like from six years, six years of age. And it's kind of in some ways set the tone for my whole life. Um, this, this idea of, you know, I, I don't know about you and I trust that you in some way feel the same, but uh, at a pretty early age, I could sniff that there was something a little bit off about how we were doing reality. I could kind of like, I was kind of like, you know, when, when my teachers would say certain things or make us work in certain, way, certain ways, there was this piece of me that was just like, you know what? This, this isn't how it's supposed to be. There's like, we're not doing something right here. We've missed, we've missed the mark on something. And, I, and, and like a lot of things in my life, I didn't have the answers, but I knew something was up. You know, and, and so this idea of knowing that something's up, knowing that we're not doing, we're, we're kind of doing things in a way that isn't the most human or the most beautiful or the most true. And that was my early days remembering of, you know, that humanity has forgotten much. Humanity has forgotten much in this journey. And yeah. uh, I became a coach when I was 18. A, uh, you know, you could call it a life coach or a performance coach or a business coach. And I wasn't very good at it, although I thought I was. I thought I was very good at it but I wasn't really all that good at it. And I spent, it actually, um, I spent, what I was really good at was facilitating journeys and working with groups and creating change. And I became an adventure facilitator and took people on, you know, multi-day kayaking journeys and hikes and through challenging terrains and got to really sit with people around fires and have heart to heart conversations and experience their beings. And uh, yeah, and just over time, my uh, leadership, what was once kind of like the Tony Robbins, the me that spent hours every day looking in the mirror, practicing my Tony Robbins voice as a teenager. So that one day I could stand on stage and be like him at some point in the journey. Um, that Tony Robbins me got ayahuasca pretty hard. And, <laughs> and um, you know, it's like the, the loving slap of the, in the face of the, 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 the magical mother and uh and it was a, it was a beautiful beginning beginning of a wake up you know i've had a, a few a few radical awakenings now and it was it was one of the kind of the core ones that moved me from a trajectory of perhaps becoming a coach into more of a mystical path more of a uh shamanic path more of a yeah, I mean, what I'm becoming is something that doesn't exist right now. We all are if we let it. Each of us are becoming something that doesn't exist on earth right now if we let it. And I'm, I'm doing my very best to let it, you know, to let it unfold. And it looks something like somewhere between a mystic and a shaman and a cheeky fucker and, um, uh, you know, a father of all energy. 
and a journey guide and all of that. Um, but it, it all began back, back when I was a kid and uh, my dad wasn't around and I decided to make it mean that, um, you know, well, I wanted to walk the path first. I wanted to walk the path first and come back and invite others on that journey. And whether imperfectly or perfectly, just like yourself, brother, you know, I've kind of committed my life yeah. to that. And over time, yeah. I've begun to find ways for that to be sustainable and beautiful and embodied to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, it's very much embodied, man. I feel it. I feel very much within you that like commitment to service and that commitment to truth. And yeah, during the the sacred leadership immersion was probably one of my highlights of the year last year i had a lot of highlights yeah i found myself integrating into many different groups um uh, new dreamings being one of them but also soul tribe and love jam and this, this like microburn community and the community that i live in now you know, i live on an organic farm and this is you know so suddenly deeply integrating into many 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 different communities um, but I remember like that was sacred leadership immersion was definitely pivotal. Yeah. And to have, I mean, I, I've, I've dabbled a lot with like psychedelic drugs and I've always found them to be very useful and insightful. Um, but to have something that really uncovers something without anything, anything, uh, androgynous, it was all just through sitting in circles and journeying deep within ourselves and uncovering the magic and, and watching other people do the same. The, the container that you created there was incredibly powerful for me and I'm still feeling the ripples of it now. Really, it's, um, yeah, each time that I've attended something with you, you know, it's in the moment my body has felt a response, but also there have been these like lasting ripple effects that have kind of stayed with me for days or even even weeks after we've uh, after we've journeyed mm-hmm. together so yeah i am mm-hmm. i am very grateful mm-hmm. for, for for what i've been learning mm-hmm. with you with you mama yeah mm-hmm. so yeah thanks for sharing your origin story and i'm i'm happy <laughs> happy to hear that some of it was like you know practiced and you'd never know it really like you know you you you, you speak from such a place of truth um you know what you do share i feel is so much a part of your being that you you know, you don't have the script there in your hand, you know, you're there like speaking it from, from the heart, from the truth, instead of, instead of speaking from the head, like, you know, mm. what you're saying is, it's coming from that, that mm. real place of truth. Yeah. Brother, so, I am. Um, I think, mm. I think the piece that I just want to, I suppose, whisper to on that is just that um, I, like this, I live in, this is my life entirely, you know, for like, 16 years I've been all the way into this every waking hour of my life and um, Mm. for the last six years in particular that mystical path has been unfolding there is not a moment of my day just to kind of give context to kind of like what um, just you know that maybe the part of the journey that is unspoken is that it is sun up to sunset and beyond into the night uh, every day for me this path and um, it's and, and, and the part of the beauty of that is that it means that I've got to go to places that maybe not few tread, but it takes a lot to arrive at. Um, mm. And yeah, so, I, you know, I, it, it's very easy to say the word embodiment or stuff like that. Um, but it really, it's just the what happens when you do the thing without fail endlessly. <laughs> 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, I feel that as well, man. Like I've, it's not been sixteen years for me. Um, yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to put a name on it because I, since I started delving into the kind of spiritual world, you know, the, yeah, the world of spiritual progression or development, a lot of the things that I've like learned, I've, well, I've kind of realised like, well, actually, I've been doing this for a long time. I just didn't have the name of like spiritual development on top of it. So I mean, in a, way, a lot of ways, it has been a, a you know lifetime of work for me. And for myself, it started out as like personal development, like that wanting to be the best version of myself, um, which is ultimately like what what the whole spiritual path is, isn't it? Discovering of who who you are really, um, and how we fit into the world. Yeah, but I'm interested to know like what um, maybe this be answered a bit later on. But like, what what are your edges at the moment? <laughs> it's, it's interesting oh, to see question. like you know someone who. who Someone I like see as like a real, you know, mentor, and mm. you know, really, you know, I look, mm. I look up to you a lot, man. Um, I really, mm. you know, you, you do embody a lot of the things that I would one day hope to embody myself. Um, but yeah, like I'm always interested mm. to know. Like, obviously, no one's mm. got it completely figured out. Well, very few people have. Um, <laughs> there are some enlightened masters and on the that walk the 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 grace this this mm. earth, but. Um, mm yeah have you got any maybe we can we can circle back around to this uh if you like or if anything springs to mind i'm happy like to, to share now. i'm happy to speak to that now i don't know what yeah. the answers are but we can go great there. yeah yeah <laughs> so, that's, that's, okay what am i that's... doing right now um well first of all you know let's let's not put me beside enlightened masters i'm essentially <laughs> a cheeky wizard who's got some things figured out you know and like and, and the, the, the thing that I do that I don't see much of in the world is actually be in my body. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. thing that I don't yeah, see in the world as soul in the body present. And it's, you know, it's the sort of thing that you can tell in eye gazing. It's the sort of thing that you can tell when you're really like with someone, how much can they be truly there in the moment inhabiting themselves? Um, and that's the, maybe this is the last little piece of the origin story, even though we've moved on, which is that I have looked into thousands of eyes and I've never seen a being mm. who's fully arrived. I've never, mm. I've never, I've most of the time what I see is, um, and, and in some ways it's reflections of me in my own journey, but I, I see people holding back souls, fucking terrified to be in their bodies, terrified to exist in their matter. And even I'm to, I'm not talking about like you know people on journeys of healing, although we all are. I'm talking about leaders, coaches, facilitators, like you know whoever's watching this, your coach, your facilitator, the person that you think is the most embodied in the world or in your. I look into their eyes and I'm like, oh man, like you're not here right now. You're like you're not truly in this moment. There's some piece of you that cannot meet me in our humanity. And that's the, you know, that kind of uncovering of what is true and what is real at the frontier of it all. Um, just so intrigued and, and I'm it's so imperfect, my man. Like I'm so, you know, I scratched the surface, but I fucking scratched the surface of being present. You know, it's, 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 I, but I know that I'm not kind of walking around being like, I am the most present being. It's like, no, I, I've scratched the surface of presence. I've tasted the golden of elixir of being truly here in my body with others in this space on this journey and i i because of that because i've not been that 
and I've scratched the surface, I can kind of like smell it when it's not that. And uh, that means that, you know, you got, we get to have conversations in the friction of that. But what you asked me was, what's my edge? Um, and my, my edge, I have endless edges, like endless edges. I'm, I am, you know, just when I think that I've arrived at a place that is something close to completion, life reveals itself to me. And so I don't spend enough time in nature. I don't spend enough time with a still mind. I don't spend enough, you know, here's one. I was, I was working on the stairs in our house earlier today. This is a bit of a reveal. I was working on the stairs, just, just in my dressing gown, butt naked underneath it, just working on the stairs, had my butt up in the air and had like the book I was writing in on the, like the, up the higher stairs and had my body facing downwards. And Shannon came along and she lifted up my, like the back of my, of the back of Shannon's my partner, for those who don't know. She lifted up my dressing gown and like my bare <laughs> butt is like just like right there. And then I felt her like go to poke me or like, you know, and I flipped, you know, I like, I not, I just kind of turned around and said, no, I was very like really hard boundary, like almost too wow. hard, you know? So, mm-hmm. so, and, it, and my nervous system got shut it, like really shut it in that mm-hmm. moment. And so that's, that's an edge <laughs> for me, you know, these, these things mm-hmm. that are very real humanly that like shut up my nervous mm-hmm. system and I go to respond and that response is my edge. Like so often the response mm-hmm. is too solid or it's too, you know, it's, it's very much a survival energy. No, yeah. rather than like this mm-hmm. mature, a mature, like, uh, you know, my love, that's not where I'm at right now. You know, my nervous system <laughs> is still getting triggered. My body is still being uh-huh. activated into like a survival vibration. And I am still coming through with too hard of a boundary, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. I'm learning to be graceful even when my nervous system is in f- like flight or fights or, or a freeze or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the state is, I'm learning to very slowly be graceful even when I'm, when my body is telling me to like explode or to run away or whatever it is, it's an edge mm. to be graceful. Yeah. My edge. Graceful is a massive mm-hmm. edge. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That speaks a lot to me actually. Cause I guess that's, I guess that's the practice of all of it, isn't it? Like regardless of what the external situation is, whatever the external stimulus is like maintaining that, like, um, that, that presence and that that's inner tranquility that's that calm um being able to act consciously rather than just reacting on a, on a thought pattern and, and yeah it's interesting like uh hearing like the bear energy comes comes out which i'm you know not not surprised by <laughs> um you know because for me like i know I've, I've discovered recently that i'm more prone to freeze in those situations you know, again, it was it was it was during one of one of the pieces on the leadership immersion, taking leadership immersion, mm-hmm. where you talked about whether or not people go into fight, flight, or freeze. And I thought to myself, well, I don't think I do any of them. <laughs> you know, well, there is fawn as well, isn't there? There's fight, fight, freeze, or freeze or fawn. And then I watched myself in a difficult encounter where you know I was, I was getting shouted at, and and I saw myself shut down. 
You know, I didn't, I didn't respond. I just couldn't speak. You know, I started to feel my body shuddering. You know, because that for me, I'm realizing that uh, is a really big thing for me. Like, I like to be um, considered as useful and hardworking and uh, valuable, and I like to be recognized in that way. And like, when I do something that you know throws that out the window or someone someone comes down on me for something that really like shudders me all the way to the root um so it was very interesting to watch that reaction come up in myself and and mm-hmm. I, was, I was happy about it uh, you know in the long term because i i didn't just like run away and, and then not um not engage with it afterwards because in the past mm-hmm. you know before i knew the term spiritual bypassing what i would have done is i would have just gone okay like the the shelting is stopped now let's just get bring myself back to peace nothing's happened everything's good let the it's all water under the bridge let it all go let it all go and i'll be quite good at bringing myself back to this state of harmony and like i was good at forgiving people as well like you know even if they had you know so i thought i was doing the work by letting things go you know i thought i was doing the right thing by just like taking it even when i shouldn't take it you know uh, and then just letting it go and then when it came to say oh sorry be like i oh, forgive you and really meaning the forgiveness in that moment be like yeah i really am i, I do forgive you like i don't like for me what forgiveness is is like i don't hold this thing that happened against you that's gone you know now we can have a cup of tea and we're friends and i those negative feelings are gone but I realized that that's only half the work, you know, actually doing the work. If you don't stand there in your truth and say, actually, this is out of line, you know, what, what's being expressed mm-hmm. here is not, that it doesn't sit right with me. Like for me to say that is really difficult. That's really, really hard. So that's something that I'm working on at the moment. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's something I'm nervous about moving into this year because I know I'm not good at expressing boundaries. I know I'm not good at, pulling people up when they they're out of alignment it's much easier for me to kind of just let it go and forgive it all so you know for me to step into this as a new aspect of myself is is hard but i think uh, one of the one thing i was one of the pieces that um feels important to me within all that is that you know it's it's not just um and just kind of sharing my experience of it you know, it's not just how graceful I be in the world. It's how graceful I feel, you know, truly mm. feeling like feeling the, like myself as a graceful being, not just because it's what the world needs or because what, you know, those in the field with me need to be met in grace, you know, because it's softer and mm. it's more, there's more beauty to arrive in that, but to feel graceful in myself. And um, my, my personal journey with that, and maybe you can relate in some way to it, is I, I, you know, bottled things up so much, was very good at holding the bottling. Very, like, it's like, okay, I am bottled, but it is in, no, it's, it is there. I can acknowledge it. I see it. I am bottled. You know, I had this phase with my partner, Shannon, where I began to do some of the like I began to allow myself to be chaos. I began to allow myself 
to embody the current of emotion and the, the charge that wanted to be expressed through my body and to not like yeah. to begin to allow that. And I, you know, I, I essentially allowed myself to become a volcano and to not shame myself yeah. for being a volcano, just admitting that is the thing that my matter is going through. And, you know, I, I feel like that is a, like allowing it all to come through in some way is a mm-hmm. is a thing that few people truly have mastered people are getting better at it I, i'm seeing mm-hmm. videos of practices and that sort of thing of it getting better but the mastery of letting it through and also holding yourself is is an art that is rare it's rare and I, i'm mm-hmm. this kind of grace for me is like almost a in some ways it's the the pendulum swing of sorts from allowing myself to fully embody the pain and hurt and the currents of that is alive in me of like trauma and hurt and breaking down and wanting to rage, allowing that to now being like, okay, I see you little toddler who never got to really rage or I see you teenager who felt the world was horrible and you know, you couldn't quite fit into it. And what were you doing? I see you, you get, and now my grace gets to also come in and I get to learn to not hide that or bottle it, but allow that great to to have it forward, but also with the grace of self and other. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. Wow. I guess that, that is again, like ultimately the practice, isn't it? Like feeling the rage within or feeling the emotions, whatever the emotions are and allowing them to, to, to pass out and through and, and not mm. not having mm. them uh, like dictate our actions you know we can act mm. we can act f- from anger using anger as like a mm. signpost without acting out the mm. anger like we don't necessarily have to explode mm. at someone and that takes a very high degree of self-awareness and self-control mm. something that you know yeah. myself I'm still definitely definitely working on um yeah i unfortunately the anger is not there very yeah i think we all are really yeah um yeah yeah unfortunately myself that the anger is rarely one that bubbles up too strongly but it's probably fear you know fear of making other people uncomfortable fear of uh in other people like i hate hate saying things even when it's the truth you know hate saying a truth to someone that they don't want to hear you know having having to break someone else's framing you know and that for myself like further on down the line i think that will be a piece of my puzzle when i can like really acknowledge what it means to show pure love because showing pure love is not enabling you know showing pure love is is showing people where they need to grow and in order to you know break someone out of a shell you've got a you've got you've got to crack their current shell haven't you you've got to you know break them out of it which can be very painful so i mean i think it's going to take me a few years, few years before I get to that point. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not right for that one yet. But, you know, I think once I can truly accept myself as a being that is uncovering my own truths and learning about my own shadow aspects, once I've kind of integrated all those negative bits about myself, then maybe I can start helping others to kind of see, see their own, their own shadow, start being that mirror. Was interested. Yeah. This you know, is man, I, I think you're, I, 
I, I think you're a little further along than you're giving yourself credit for. <laughs> you know, I, I think that you embody those things a little bit more than you're giving yourself credit for. And the, um, you know, it, and that's, it's really just that. It's not like there's any moment. You know, I remember there was a moment where, like there was a distinct moment where the world began to, like my community and the world around me began to listen when I spoke. I could sense it like as a young man, I could sense, I'm like, Oh, there's, and it was funny because my whole life I always thought, Oh, when I have a beard, people will listen to me. Fucking hilarious. When I have a beard, people will listen to me because I, you know, as a young man, I'm like, Oh, I just look too young. I look, you know, you don't, you can't really respect someone's voice and unless they've really journeyed the path. And, um, and maybe that was just my value system, but in some ways it's also what I've found in the world. You know, the, now the people that I want to work with as in people I want to learn from or immerse myself in their field, they're the people who've been broken, whose lives have exploded, who've, you know, crawled along the glass shards at the bottom of hell. And they've like felt like they couldn't get back. You know, they've just like, they've been so lost in the shamanic swirling of it all, but somehow they've managed to find their way back into being a being who holds love and holds care. And, and when they stand with someone, they're truly there and truly present. I'm like, ah, oh, this is a being that I want to surround myself with. And when they speak, I listen because they embody what they say. And that's all, you know, for me, that's mm-hmm. all it really is about. Like, you know, we, we get to, we get to speak unconditional, speak to and teach ed- un- unconditional love when we embody it to some degree. You know, we don't have to have the whole thing. I definitely don't, you know, but I think when we're prepared to put our lives on the line, to put our time on the line, to put our hearts on the line, to be, to, to be the living example, which is a sacrifice, the one who walks first in a family, in a community, in a coach client relationship in a group in a group whoever goes first is always making the sacrifice of themselves not in the way that the world holds sacrifice in the beauty of giving themselves they're like giving themselves to truth giving themselves to change and so i i think if we're whenever as long as we're prepared to give ourselves to change as long as we're prepared to be the one who walks first as long as we're prepared to go into the unknown and that's actually the life that we live I think the words that we speak get to be listened to and like kind of the mainstream esque um, frame for it all is, you know, don't take advice from people who aren't on the court. You know, like if, if someone's in the grandstands kind of in the audience clapping and watching and everything, but they're not actually out in life getting hit, getting knocked down, getting back up again, getting the scars and the bruises, learning the lessons, and still choosing to give themselves to their personal unfolding and all the, all the karma they're here to move through and all the density they're here to move through. If they're not giving themselves to that, then they, they like for me, they, their voice gets to be heard, but it's not one that I value as in my navigations of life, you know? So as long as we're giving ourselves to life, that that's medicine. And I, I think it gets to be a fundamental kind of like way of meeting each other, all of us, all of, humanity you know those people who are giving themselves Mm -hmm. to light life who are surrendered to their journey who keep getting back up and leaning back in that that is where wisdom lies that and it's not the end they're not finished the same way that you and me aren't 
You know, we're not gurus sitting on thrones, you know, oh, or just, tr I mean, there's some gurus sitting on thrones who aren't actually embodying the soul. <laughs> there's a little bit of effort yeah. in there. Um, you know, mm -hmm. but we're beings who are committed to the, the unfolding and that prepared mm -hmm. to reveal ourselves as we are in this moment, not as some image of something that we are not yet, but here as we are. And so then we're in the field mm -hmm. of truth and we're listening to people who are prepared to lean in. And that is the field where change actually happens. Nothing other than that is going to change the kind of collective narrative in the world right now. Mm. yeah absolutely man yeah i really appreciate like your how forthcoming you are about like when you are at an edge actually i was just thinking back to the gathering and new dreamings and and because yeah, a lot of what you do for like for me a lot of the power comes through in the silent moments you know like you you say a lot of the things you say are kind of a little bit cryptic and and it, it makes people think for themselves and everyone else like kind of they kind of like you know the little neurons kind of start booping and then they and then there's a moment of silence where they all fire together and then when you were when you when were at new dreamings in glastonbury and, and you had these moments of silence and suddenly like the kids just started clattering around <laughs> and you know and watching you navigate that was really it was like really insightful for me myself and you were very forthcoming about it you know you, and and i thought that was powerful man that you didn't try and uphold mm. this like image of being certain about how to handle every situation and you know i thought i thought that was very good man. really you know that honesty no one is that, um, <laughs> this is the, like yeah people will pretend they won't be <laughs> Everyone like, and this is the, um, you know, I, I, for, for a time there, I was training with, oh, I can't say names for legal reasons, but I was training with like, the, um, I was essentially an apprentice in the world's arguably leading performance professional development company that's been around organization that's been around for over a hundred years. I was like, I was an apprentice within this organization and, um, like the very philosophies that I, that my um, teacher was teaching me were the, are the very paradigms of leadership and teaching and facilitating and leading journeys that I am trying to break down in the world. You know, they are, <laughs> wow. the, it is, it is the putting on, putting on a uh, performance or a face of something mm. that is not and meeting the world as that the real performance, like the most beautiful performances that I've ever seen are the ones that are actually that being fully giving themselves as they are to that moment with all that they are just as they are broken, mm. you know, torn down, you know, you mm -hmm. can, it is, there is a Bruce Lyon video. Some people can watch. Um, Bruce Lyon is the, uh, some of you will know him. He's the He's like the Shivam O'Brien of New Zealand. If 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 Shivam O'Brien was like a um, was more focused into like the maybe a intimacy and love and the the soul initiations of humanity and Earth itself, and just uh, he's essentially a, a mystic, a, a mystic of love and becoming down in New Zealand, and he's the also the founder of Hyden Temple or one of them. Um, one of the people who sat at the round table where Ista came from. 
and maybe the, one of the driving forces of that. Um, and there's a video of Bruce where he breaks down a YouTube video, go, go search it, where he breaks down as he reflects on a revelationary moment of being on a boat and a whale and her calf come up to the, to the side of the boat. And Bruce is in this lecture. It's essentially a lecture and he's breaking down, still talking, his voice cracking this. He's like 60, give or take a year or two or, or a couple of years. Um, and like, so this man, white hair, long hair, and he's breaking down, voice cracking, tears in his eyes, like almost shaking with the, the revelationary remembering of this, the truth of the power of this exchange that he had on this boat with this whale and her calf. And, and I'm like crying too watching it because I don't need that man to be perfect. I don't need him to mm -hmm. teach me the, the, you know, logical structured pieces that are behind, you know, behind the thing. I need him to show me. And there he was being, showing me and him, him being prepared to be in the revelation brought me into the revelation. If he just spoke about the revelation, I could be back over here being like beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. But he embodied the yeah. revelation and because he embodied the revelation, my beings being changed by him as I watch, I'm in the revelation with him. There's no greater learning. There's no greater remembering. Yeah. I'm like being changed by his revelation from years ago because he's prepared to not put on a front or a performance, but rather surrender to the undercurrent of truth that is like seeking to emerge through him, the embodied experience being remembered and him just giving himself to it that's a fucking performance and that that creates change that creates beauty you know and so you know me at new dreamings was a horrible example of that or a, a beginning example of that perhaps you know a whisper towards that because the kids were fucking loud and i used to be a teacher <laughs> and it was you know a, a ceremony or like temple space and or something like that and having kids in there um, and noise and Lego falling on the floor and people banging desks and but and holding mm. my center and caring about everyone else's journey and surrendering to that that's and you know that's what I said is I'm like look I'm having a hard time here I'm gonna like a part of me wants to like create control and like you know get like have mm. the kids leave the space and then there's a part of me that knows it's my edge to be here in mm -hmm. sacred space with kids making the noise with this shake and with this challenge and the, like the kids were dominating it was like <laughs> the, the, the noise was like you know it was like being in a room with fireworks it was it was lot it was lot <laughs> and but that's you know that's it's, it's what bruce lyon bruce lyon embodied and it's what i seek to kind of be some example of as well and um i think it's it's the you know it's it's not just being vulnerable it's fucking embodying the vulnerability, you know, and, and not, mm. not with shame or fear or just because it's truth, you know, embodying mm -hmm. what is, ah, mm. now we're, now we're in the field of truth because we're embodying what is not what we have to put here or perform to. I'm going to call that, mm. that that's my Absolutely. version of the Jordan Peterson rant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Are there any like, like practices that that you have that will help you in these moments like is there anything you do like on a daily basis or 
or like is it something that you just try and spot in the moment yeah do you have do you have practices that you do that you do not not to intentionally uh like work for those particular moments um but i mean what those moments are made up of is a is a total and utter preparedness to meet the truth so just any you know i, I know that what, what you're looking for is like a tangible a tangible thing but any you know if, if people want like to meet those moments this is the this is the adventure right live a life mm-hmm. where you only live truth and actually face off with yourself mm-hmm. with that every day mm-hmm. you know like face off mm-hmm. with the adventure of truth in life there's there is mm-hmm. nothing that creates mm-hmm. a greater adventure because then you have to own mm-hmm. the fullness of your shame the fullness of your power the fullness of your powerlessness right all of it, all of the fact that you will die, the fact that you are great, the fact that there is an infinite story that is being lived through you. You are like, you are a living legend. And either in this lifetime or the next stories will be written about you. That is a fucking fact, right? Like, and so, okay. Well, oh, what does that even mean? And how do I meet that? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the person for practice. I'm the person for preparedness. No, I don't speak to practices. I speak to preparedness. Like, be prepared to be the guy on the cross. You know, be prepared to be the one who walks first. Be prepared to fuck up. Be prepared to say I'm sorry. You know, be prepared. And not, not because it's the right thing to do. Like, let it become you. Let it, you know, just almost... You want to like a, a practice is to let go of the identity, to to let like to to be with it, but also just to let go of it, and fucking play in life, explore the edges of what's real, anything that mm, does that. Yeah. Um, the thing about like sacred leadership immersion that I love is that what people go to medicine ceremonies for, and then come back as, and then take years to integrate, and sometimes never do, is like what we're going to those medicine ceremonies for is to live like lives that are more in the image of truth, whether that's like to release things or to claim things or to remember things or to awaken to things, you know, we're going there. And then, but there's, as I look around and it's more and more cause it's, it is rippling right now. But as I look around, you know, the, the art of coming back into life embodying the rememberings is, is kind of rare. And it does exist. There are people who come back radically awakened by a single ceremony of sorts, but mm-hmm. the, but it's rare to see that still like where they embody it in their life. Mm-hmm. And there's the profound courageous preparedness that comes to fully own the thing they've caught a glimpse of, you know? And, and mm-hmm. so I suppose that's my whisper is to, in this moment anyway, is to like, when you catch a glimpse of it and you don't need to know what it is, you just know when you catch a glimpse of it, maybe you'll call it a, um, mm-hmm. a direct experience or maybe you'll call it a conversation with God or maybe you'll call it a, a seeing yourself as you truly are. Maybe you'll call it like mm-hmm. remembering a core piece of the infinite being of yourself. Maybe you'll see yourself in sacred form. You know, I don't know, that, that'll speak mm. to some people. And you, oh, you remember a particular sacred form that lies within you. You know, before mm-hmm. you mentioned the bear energy, I know the bear energy in me. 
the bear and i've done that mm. that's like my south node i'm like okay i've done the bear energy i've got the bear energy now <laughs> now i want to know about my little cheeky robin you know now i want to know about my playful mm. flower now i want to know there's these other pieces of me i can't just stick in the bear my whole life i have to allow the integration mm -hmm. of all things into my being that's the you know, the allness which is why we're never complete because even if you meet the most powerful goddess queen who stands on her throne and sits in her power and ripples her wealth and, you know, and is stands on an empire of goodly transformational goodness. She still needs to integrate her bear and she still needs to integrate yeah. her old oak tree. And she still needs to integrate yeah. her Tibetan Buddhist monk who is prepared to give the, an, an entire life to listening to the deepest of deepest. You know, so we're all yeah. in this journey of remembering all of it and anything that acknowledges that we're just scratching the surface of all of it and that there is all of it and we're one part of all of it. And anything that's a commitment to continue feeling it all and searching it all and allowing all of it to soak into us, allowing the bear to soak in, the robin to soak in, the dandelion to soak in, the, the decay, like the mushroom decaying, ugh letting that soak yeah, in and yeah. all of a sudden I'm all thin, you know, we can't, you yeah, know, yeah. you'll see people be like, I'm a fairy, I'm a dragon, I'm a bear. And we're all naming a piece of it all. You know, even if you are the most yeah, integrated yeah. fucking archetypal dragon on earth, you've got one piece <sighs> of all that you are, yeah, you know, and, and yeah, the journey continues. So you, you ask the practices yeah, and the answer is there isn't practices. There's just, um, mm -hmm. some philosophies that work really well and then preparedness mm -hmm. to continue actually like to mm -hmm. actually continue mm -hmm. ever ever mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. yeah wow i mean practices can only take you so far as well can't they like there's no point doing a practice if you can't embody it you know when it i mean it's practice called practice for reasons because it's not the real thing is it you know the real thing comes when you are faced with the the bone shaking moments when your identity does not know what to do in a situation and and you're there like shitting yourself or or, or you know on the brink of tears or you know they're the moments of, of growth you know what we do sitting on the cushion or on the on the mat hopefully will prepare you for those situations but yeah like the, the real transformation occurs when we are like broken open um yeah so i guess the, the next little piece that, that i'm pondering at the moment is like how to see like what the next thing to crack is you know what i mean i'm 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 always eager to get out there and and i find my medicine in doing like the extreme things you know doing you know vipassana and you know breaking my relationship with food through like 10 days of fasting and jumping in cold water and you know, but all these things, like I remember, I remember when I went into my 10 day fast, which was just at the end of 2020. And I was like, this is going to be it. I'm going to have like sorted my relationship with food. I'm never going to give into cravings again. I'm going to be an absolute master of, you know, whatever I put in my body, it's going to be so conscious and aware. And then like the day that I broke my fast, I piled in like a whole big bar of dairy milk marvelous creations <laughs> and and then and then a packet of biscuits as well like a whole packet of biscuits and i was just like that illusion of like of of winning or like leveling up was just instantly shattered it's like oh no 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 like mm -hmm. you've still got so much to do so i guess like mm -hmm. i do believe that these like 
extreme things for me they do help break open something they kind of like take a sledgehammer to to a piece of myself but then like as soon as as soon as you stop like beating on that piece of yourself that old habit pattern you know you do a day of like or like you know a few days of really focused work to kind of break a part of yourself as soon as that work stops those old habit patterns start like reforming and yeah, I think of them as like the neuron, the neuron connections in the brain that make us do a certain thing. But they're also like since we're passing, I've started to experience them as like physical things in the body. So, you know, like how, how the body knows what to do. It doesn't necessarily like it goes through a thought pattern, but it also goes through like physical rememberings in the body. So to, to unpack them and remove them from our like energetic being is it takes a very, very long time. And yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I'm always looking for that, that next thing that's going to cr- crack me open or show me my, you know, current thing that I should be working on my next edge. And, you know, whenever I don't find it for a while, I start like getting uneasy and, and I, I actually find it easier to do the extreme things than I do to like the smaller ones, you know, just getting up and doing the mundane stuff every day is much harder for me. Than it is to go and do something extreme mm-hmm. yeah but um mm-hmm. yeah yeah like looking looking for those things it, you know it's almost an addiction in some ways and i do wonder whether or not it's it's actually a hindrance sometime mm-hmm. but i i, I don't mm-hmm. know i think it's part of who i am like mm-hmm. yeah so i guess <laughs> i guess coming back to what you were saying about integrating these different parts of our being like you know in order for you to explore the, the dandelion and the robin like do you need to take off the bear hat like do you do you have to say okay well i'm not being the bear now what is it like what what would the what would the robin mm. or what would the you know the, the softer self mm. be in this situation and mm. so how mm. what you know what have you got any mm. uh any insights yeah. like what it what it's actually like to explore these different modes yeah absolutely um so, and, and the answer is it gets to be all of it you know, they gets to be like, I get to explore the, the dandelion through the bear. And, and, you know, and, and when I do, I notice that the bear already has a relationship with the dandelion, you know, it's the bear all like the bear just stops and sniffs for a moment and has a, like this second of total presence. And it's because it's senses are so strong. It, sucks like it really feels the vibrational life force and unique architecture of that dandelion and like has some kind of nervous mm-hmm. system celebration of that um and mm-hmm. so like and, and then there's also times where the bear's not even a part of it because i'm not like foundationally a bear i'm foundationally a combination of matter from the earth and mm-hmm. the cosmos that has been turned into a matter of body which is the archetypal expression of myself in some ways and there's some berry brownie mm. reddy broady kind of sometimes a bit of a belly tendencies within that you know mm. and that that just speaks mm-hmm. to that just kind of winks at the bear it doesn't mean i'm fundamentally a bear um but mm. the the kind of winks that i have for how do you explore the edges of self maybe what I'll do is, is instead instead of going to like how to explore the edges of self, I'll give everyone and, and yourself as well, like a, like a frame underneath it all. Like what's, mm. you know, what's underneath 
the bear changing or the dragon I'm exploring or whatever the archetypal game that I'm dancing with myself is. What What's underneath that? Like what's an even deeper level? And that's like the, not the in the moment things, but like the, the lifelong story playing out. And then beyond the lifelong mm. story, the, the, the epoch, the ancient story, which is at play that I'm living out my piece of right now. And so everyone, there is a level of reality, a, a, a piece of existence, uh, at least in, a, in human reality, which is called the living mythos. You can call it many other things. You could refer to it in different ways. It's the, it is the myth living out through our lives. And so you might find yourself like there might be particular fairy tales. This is a really like this actually gets pretty kind of deep and a little scientific at one point, but we won't go there today. We'll just kind of keep it soft. You, know, you might find yourself uh, drawn to particular ancient tales or particular stories that underpin hum human reality or human histories or fairy tale. You know, I, I know for me, when I first got to the UK, I was really resonating with this, with the idea of King Arthur. There was just something whispered in the idea of this, you know, and, uh, with all, for all his imperfections and whatever, you know, just some kind of undercurrent idea underneath the story of a man who created a round table and called people to sit beside him at it and relinquished his mm. role as the lead. Whether that's even the story or not, doesn't matter to me. What matters is this kind of fundamental story whispered in reality that are, some part of my being resonates with. You know, like, mm. ah, build the table, build the seats or get them built and then call those who are ready to take their place at it to them and then surrender my role as leader to sit beside and to listen mm -hmm. to them as brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers who each have their own unique words and medicine and magic and saying that I need for me to be in my fullness. So there's mm -hmm. this like story underneath reality that some part of my being relates to. You know, there's, and it's um, uh, right now I'm talking about the King Arthur story, but really it, it's a, it's a question of who am I and what is the story that I'm living? Like what, like truly a thousand years from now, when I'm, when I, as I am in this form, am looked back upon as an ancestor of the past and as, uh, just an ancestor in general, mm -hmm. as an ancestor of those, an ancestor of tomorrow is one way to say it, you know, and the ancestor of those who come next. You know, I am the, the one, I, as are you, they, those who came before those who come next. And one day my great-grandchildren mm. or great-great-grandchildren will look back upon me and they'll look to, to our time for the stories. And they'll look to our time mm. for how we live and how we prospered. And so that makes me face mm. myself. And it makes me face myself and ask myself the question, what is the story I'm living out? Like what is like mm -hmm. truly what's happening here? Not just like a create my own destiny or dream my own story, but what is actually happening? Not, not a dream mm -hmm. state, mm -hmm. not even like an NLP. I'm not even saying NLP dream your reality up and then live the path. I'm saying what's actually happening and what's actually happening is I'm a, essentially still a young man who is beginning to find his power. When I, when I look at myself, in the web of humanity. Sometimes when I call people in a particular direction, people come in that direction. Mm -hmm. 
not tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, not millions, but sometimes dozens and hundreds and sometimes thousands will go in a particular direction. So I, I'm beginning mm-hmm. to learn. I'm like a, almost this young wizard of sorts, this young king energy in some ways, in some story, learning to pull people mm. in particular directions and just scratching the surface of it, barely scratching the surface mm. of it. If I look at the story, I'm a young man who grew up without a father, so asked his own questions and made his own decisions. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a young man who got fully immersed in the personal development world, the Tony Robbins world, the, you know, the, you know, what you'd kind of call the mainstream narrative of change, who was radically broken open, radically broken open mm. by, the, by the mystery, radically broken open by, mm. by the consciousness of the plants, radically broken open by the narrative that has always felt right there. I've always felt it. There's been something just there my whole life. Maybe you've all felt it too. Maybe it's why we go back and do the experiences to touch that. And I've fucking touched it now, just like many people watching have, and just like, like you have. And I've touched it, and I'm committed now to a life of living in that. And now what does it look like? Mm. Well, it, it doesn't look like doing nothing to me. This lifetime isn't mm-hmm. my month timeline. It's not. This isn't mm. my... In a, and I've, I've, it is like my, I know it's not because it's my greatest fantasy to just disappear and hide in the woods and <laughs> meditate on a mountain. You know, I, uh, if only mm-hmm. I could leave this all and just sit on the mountaintop or sit in the woods and mm-hmm. do nothing the whole time and be with the beauty mm-hmm. of what is. That's not this lifetime. So, what is this mm-hmm. lifetime? Right? Mm-hmm. And then you can start to get, you know, there's a, in the, um, the book, The Alchemist. There is a, a concept called mm. the personal legend, right? The personal mm-hmm. legend. And it's, it's the alchemist is languaging a fundamental piece of the living mythos, living reality. That we each have a personal legend that we are living out. And I, mm-hmm. the ongoing, never-ending story that will be told about us one day. And either the story mm. will not be told because we don't embody it, the story will be told because we do. And the stories mm-hmm. that we tell okay, these cool. days are all the story, the whispers of those who embodied it in the past. Mm-hmm. So that's the call, that's the I was just, call to action. You go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just about to, I was just, I was, that's beautiful, man. I was just about to ask, like, do you think you can fail in this mission? And yeah. I guess in some ways you can kind of answer that question. Like, yeah, you can. If you don't answer the call, you don't embody the truth, then this kind of lifetime just passes on as like a as as a, as another thread, you know, thread in the chain that that doesn't really have much pull. But if you if you do embody it, then then you step into that power, and suddenly that thread, instead of instead of being one that's just you know part of the rope takes suddenly takes a lot of the slack and pulls in a new direction yeah. and um yeah I, mean, I certainly did yeah it was it was a scary thing for me when I, I guess like i kind of woke up to a bit of a calling you know it was it was it was slow and gradual in some ways and then in other ways there were like some bombshell moments of like the yeah the framing completely changing and, and hearing like a real call of like wow actually I'm, I've, I've got to do something you know it still scares me now because even though i feel like i'm very committed 
and I get up and I do all the things that I know I'm like supposed to do. You know, I don't, there's still a part of me, which, you know, I don't, I don't do everything right. You know, there's definitely times when I like kick back and do things that, you know, maybe aren't, aren't truth. But then, you know, then, then you learn, you learn what is truth and what's not truth. And you learn, you know, if you are, I think, I think for me, it comes down to the consciousness and the, the awareness, you know, the, the only like wrong decision you can make is like a refusal, a refusal to look. You know, you can do whatever you want if you're willing to really look at what happens when you do it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess to speak to this, there was, there was what there was one time in my kind of recent life where I really did something that I knew to be wrong. You know, I was I was uh, I was working in Canada as like a, a hot tub maintenance technician, and you know, I I I I'm, I'm just gonna share it. You know, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm, rarely share this but um you know i'm gonna share it like i i went into a hot tub when i was supposed to be working you know with a girl and stuff and i was in this period of my life where i was like experimenting with what it was like to do the bad things you know like go to too many parties and you know really indulge be like quite hedonistic and i got bitten hard man i got really bitten by that choice to like do the wrong thing and like, I felt so bad because my boss at the time was an awesome dude, man. He was a really cool dude. And he really trusted me and I fucked him. Man. I fucked him over. And like, man, I, I still haven't fully recovered from, I mean, I have in some ways. I mean, what does it mean to fully recover from something like, yeah, could, could I sit there and like fully meet him now? I mean, we, we actually ended up being friends again. Like he did like in some way, like forgive me because he could see that what I'd done was like, you know, I didn't realize the consequences at the time, but like, wow, holy shit. Like that was, that was a big moment in my life where I chose to do something that I know was wrong. And yeah, it was a big learning for me. It was like instant karma, instant, instant moment of, of getting slapped around the face. So I guess, but I guess like the only thing that was a learning for me. And I learned in that moment, like, it's not good to do the things that you know you shouldn't do. Like if you know you shouldn't do something, don't fucking do it, you know? And I learned that I had to have this experience of like trying it out um, yeah. for me to really you know, have that learning. So I guess like the only wrong thing to do in the, the in any situation really is to refer, refuse to look at the lessons, you know, for me, if I'd, if I'd been like, Oh, well, you know, I didn't do it. It was what I did. Wasn't that bad. You know, it could have happened to anyone. I don't need to change. It wasn't and carried on. I think that would have been wrong, but you know, if you are conscious and aware of your actions and then you're aware of, of the things that happen as a result of them, then I think there's no such thing as a wrong choice. But I don't know, this is also a daily thing for me, like when I'm trying to like really maintain a practice, you know, and then you fall off the wagon for a little bit or you do indulge in an old pastime, an old pleasure, whatever, you know, I, I do beat myself up sometimes. Um, and then this is this is part of my this is part of my journey like seeing you know because for me i don't compare myself to anyone like i never look at someone else and be like oh you know i, I could be like them oh and i don't i don't look at other people and say like oh they should be more like me because i know that what i do is not suitable for other people you know i've i've tried to like help family and friends before and try to get them to do some of the things that I do and it's just gone catastrophically wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing that I do compare myself to 
is like a projection of myself that I have. Like I've got this idea of like this like perfect person that I could be if I did all the things that I know I'm supposed to do and I didn't give any into any of the sense cravings and I didn't give in like any of those like lower level desires and I did just live in what could be called highest truth. So there's this kind of like projection of who I could be and that's what I'm trying to like step into. But I also I'm not sure whether or not that's like some level of like toxicity there or you know if I'm just like flogging myself and not being this this thing and yeah it's hard sometimes to like want to be that but also accept the fact that i am not that um so yeah just living in between those in, on that on that continuum is tough mm. yeah yeah you know what, what comes up for me is um how you know the, you use the words highest truth and um I actually love, I actually personally love those words. For me, the terms highest truth, embodied, incarnated, self-actualized, essentially all those words can just kind of be used relatively interchangeably. You know, I kind of just use them all whenever I'm vibing with everyone. Um, so just kind of, you know, and some people have problems with particular language. Like someone might have a problem with the words highest truth, but they're super chill with the words embodied. Or they might have problems with <laughs> yeah. the word self-actualized, but they're okay with the word um, highest truth, or be, you know, become mm -hmm. or becoming. Mm -hmm. So what 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 I noticed in my own journey and continue to notice is that I um, I find myself in particular containers, um, and and I and I find myself in particular. You could call it vibrations or embodiments or whatever you want to do. Mm. in certain containers in certain moments and i get really intrigued like um when i facilitate for instance not all the time but nine out of ten times now there was a time when it was six out of ten times and three out of ten times but now like nine out of ten times when i facilitate mm. um, which is holding mm. a workshop a retreat a space a session of some kind um and i'm actually facilitating a journey for those in the space uh, and you know, dropping teachings along the way. Nine out of ten times now, I find myself feeling and embodying something that feels like uh, the fullness of me, or feels like the mm. magic alive. Feels like my medicine is in the world. You know, it's like my, through my beingness, not through my just like knowledge or knowing the pieces or remembering all the dot points or how it all connects, but like the, the beingness, the beingness of my mm -hmm. body and my being and the integration of that feels in facilitation now, no, no, 10 times, it feels getting closer, scratching the surface of my fullness. And, um, mm -hmm. and so what that kind of shows me, but then, but then having said that, when I pick up that didgeridoo over there and I blow on it, I'm just like, oh man, you know, like, like one out of a thousand times I'm hitting my soul. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like, like that's mm -hmm. one out of a thousand times, not nine out of 10. So there's certain places mm -hmm. where my essence and my soul is more arrived than others or 
there's certain places that are more kind of at the core and the center of what I'm here to do. And when I'm in those places, mm. after all the journey and all the life and all the, and just also like the core architecture of my being, when I'm in those places, I'm more of me, you know? And so mm. I think that this mm. idea of like a maintained highest self um, is kind of like, maybe it's the, the end goal of some lifetime for us all. But I think it really mm. begins for all of us with finding ourselves in our fullness in these particular containers and really knowing what they are and then making our life about them. You know, and that's part of the story. You know, I found myself mm. to touching this place, you know, touching a, a particular place in my facilitation where I felt like I was owning my elderhood and owning my, my wizard and owning my magic and like not just owning it, but like humbly being in it at the same time, you know, and, and mm. vulnerably being in it and not, you know, it's not like power, it's vulnerability, it's beingness. And mm. so I, my life gets devoted to being with people in spaces of transformation and evolution and, and becoming and remembering their own thing that I'm embodying in that facilitation moment. You know, I want to, because what I want mm -hmm. isn't for people to fucking worship me or to celebrate me, although that's the, the celebrating is great sometimes. I want everyone in that room to, to mir be mirroring back to me that nine out of 10, like that moment of being in myself and really being present in my body, like having my particular, having their particular medicine in their bodies with them. I want to look in their eyes and be like, holy shit you are here like you're actually here right now mm -hmm. you are in yourself mm -hmm. and i want to feel i want to feel changed it's a bit selfish sometimes mm -hmm. i want to feel changed by those i want to like i want them to arrive mm -hmm. so much so that i change and i know if i can change and they're in themselves then the fucking world can change you know and so that's mm -hmm. and and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden we start to see my story unfolding just through all that Mm -hmm. You know, you start to see the, mm -hmm. the rippling of intention in my story. Ah, to walk first, to be the example for others. You know, people won't on this live right now. They, for instance, they won't, um, you know, they can get a flavor of me in some ways, but they won't feel my particular facilitator medicine. What they'll get is some mm -hmm. version of a digital, you know, impassioned guy hanging out with his friends, mm -hmm. talking about cool stuff. Mm. Um, so someone has to like come and sit with me in my space, in my container mm. to access that thing because I'm still barely hitting the surface of that on these Facebook lives. I'm still barely hitting the surface mm. of it on the dip. You know, I'm, I'm one out of a thousand, one out of a thousand facilitation, nine out of 10. And so you have some things that mm. are your nine out of 10 or seven out of 10s or six out of 10s mm. or whatever. And they're like the whispers, mm. like, you know what? Six out of 10 times. I hit an embodied mastery or a, uh, an embodied beauty, or I, I am a living, a living direct experience that a living mm -hmm. direct experience. Mm -hmm. That is a self actualized being in that moment. Here we are in the field of truth and beauty and I'm here. And there'll be spaces in life where you hit it. Everyone watching too. spaces mm -hmm. in life where they hit it, where that is, they're in their moment, in their and and people will go live, whole lives, lifetimes, whole lives without other people seeing them in that moment. And a, a small few will have mm. their friends see them or someone they trust see them in that moment, 
you know, them, holy shit, look at you. Like, you're amazing. I, I, I finally mm-hmm. get your mm-hmm. being. Fullness. Mm-hmm. What have I been thinking of? Uh, and then some people <laughs> will dedicate their life to it. And the story of revealing this kind of underlying um, self-actualized embodied truth that is waiting here to be lived in the world, you know, and, and for me yeah. experiencing it and living it in a facilitation context and in fields of change, fields of sacred change, um, that, that is my wink to the story of my life. It's a, it's like the mm-hmm. greatest wink I'll yeah. ever have. That I've, I have achieved at least once in my life, direct experience in my embodiment in a facilitation container. Now my life gets to be devoted to more of that. And then bit by bit, bringing that out into the world. So I'm living it in the other places as well. You know, so you're talking before about what's the next thing or what's the next thing, you know, and um, the kind of the whisper here is like, well, wherever you're hitting that place, wherever you're hitting the place where, someone looks at you and they're just like this yes this this is what the world is craving this is what we're thirsty for Mm. this truth particular like i need this that's the call Mm -hmm. that we're all being called to right now um and so it's it's Mm -hmm. like where is that place and what does it feel Mm -hmm. like because i know you hit it you know like we wouldn't be on this call Mm -hmm. if you haven't hit it and those people don't kind of come mm. into my people come into my field when they know that place, you know, and then mm-hmm. when, when they know it within themselves, because they'll see something in me that echoes back to them, the thing that's in them, the thing that's always been in them that mm. they've, they've touched the surface of, and they see me in a facilitation context, nine out of 10 times, he's touching that place. He's, I know that place mm-hmm. in myself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. wherever that is for mm-hmm. you, that's, to others that, that's like the, the truest thing mm. in my opinion. Mm. yeah beautiful man and that honestly is yeah i describe it as a vibration i experienced that fully you know multiple times sitting in circles with you and it like my my body was in resonance you know and like i was just totally gripped by not just the things you were saying but like the the vibration that they that carried them you know what was the words that came out weren't necessarily um, the medicine themselves. It was the, the truth and the conviction that came with it, you know, like the, you know, some, yeah. And, and, and that just, it did my body, my body was vibrating. And, and mm. yeah, it's, it's something that I have, you know, I have, I have had glimpses of it myself, you know, when you, you do, you know, slip into a channel of something and you relinquish your own control and your own preparing and your own ideas about how something should go and just like surrender into the the energy that starts pouring through you and and it is it's something that i'm trying to practice myself and i get it sporadically with music or sometimes when i'm teaching yoga i get it um but something that crops up for me which is which might be uh one last or another little bit before we maybe start thinking about drawing to a close is like how what i've noticed in myself in those uh, instances is uh, the ego spikes up afterwards so my ego like i'll do something really good and then and then later on the ego's like yo we should do 
that again we try and make that happen again and then obviously mm-hmm. like when you go into it when the ego you come into it from that place of I, um, you can't drop into it. You can't make it happen. So I guess like how are there any things that you've found that can help you to, to, to make that dropping in happen? Like, is it, is it something that you've got to like prepare for? You know, is, is like, is there a level of like practice and rehearsal (laughs) when you come to present something that is really ready and it's really ripe or, or how do you get yourself into those positions when you're, you're ready to have that channel opened? Mm -hmm. So nothing will ever beat like experience, like, like nothing will ever beat, you know, hitting the point and then going to do it again and not being able to touch it at all. <laughs> and then just, and then having to reflect on that afterwards yes. and having to in the moment, even though you're not hitting that point, still hold this journey for other people or still hold this space. And you know, it's like, oh shit, I, you know, I'm not actually embodied right now. I am. And then, mm. but I, you know, and then learning how to hold that as well. And then at some point, this is kind of the, this is like the whisper. Cause again, you know, I, I'm not the practice guy. I'm the preparation guy. Or that I'm the prepared guy. Mm. Um, the mm. the piece that changes is that after holding whatever comes our way over time, we actually find safety in whatever's going to come. Mm-hmm. Like so, we're resting mm. in genuine, true safety, and there's you know that's where the that's where the channel opens up. That's where the you know, if we actually feel safe, then who we are has a space to come through. But if we're, if we're partially safe, but existing under these like preconditions or frames of, you know, we have to show up a certain way or we have to look a certain way, or it has to be like it was, then we're not going to hit the place. Mm. It's, it's all about that place of safety. And you know, the safety changes. Mm. Like right now, for instance, I, can, like, I feel safe in a room. Like I feel safe leading a room up to like 300 people like i feel like i could hold up like my body and my sacred my you know connectedness to each of the beings up to 300 people could is really strong it's been the same way for Mm -hmm. about five years now actually like and but now i actually feel like a deeper safety as i check in with it i'm like no that's actually i could be pretty relaxed and like allowing truth to come through um, mm-hmm. but a 5,000 people, 10,000 people, you know what? That's, that's like, I can't mm-hmm. be connected to all the beings there. That, that begins to change mm-hmm. for me from an intimate encounter to me speaking wisdom. And that's different. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I relate to that as, as me speaking rather than being eye to eye with you, you know, like speaking mm-hmm. to the mass rather than like being in a relationship of exchange with those in the space. Um, and so it, mm. I, it feels not true to me. It feel, my nervous system does feels like it's a different thing, you know? So I'm just, and just by exploring that, I get to reveal to myself where I'm at in my unfolding, you know, it's mm. like, ah, I'm like, I'm, and, and, you know, I speak about 300, but most regularly it's between like 20 and 30 people. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the number of people in the space with me, you know, like most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's such an mm-hmm. interesting like thing to kind of locate it. Um, but you asked, you know, what can you do? Like, and the answer is to do, is to do. 
But, do in, but, but like in the practice of that, to find the safety, because it's all about that resting place of, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, this just is. And of course, what's here to come through is going to be in service. And of course, you know, and there's other stuff you can do in terms of weaving journeys and space magic and creating a field that's really kind of nurturing for change, for instance, or whatever it is if you're a facilitator. Um, but the real piece is just being like, it's going to be okay. You know, like I, um, I, what, what's here is here and that's beautiful. And then just doing it over and over and over again. There's, there's no real kind of way yeah. around it. <laughs> mm. Having said that, yeah, well, anything that drops in your body beforehand, meditation, yoga, breath work. And it, you know, like it's, it's all the same. There's no unique thing coming through me. It's just like, do the thing and mm. listen and let yourself be changed by it. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, man. I think that is very much the truth, isn't it? Like and I'm experiencing it right now. I mean, like I was, I was a bag of nerves, <laughs> you know, I was definitely very nervous before this call and I just felt, I felt myself relaxed into it so much. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, I'll thrash out more of the, technical things and like how to do this better as as it goes along but yeah it's you know i i feel much more relaxed in it. i feel i feel safe in it you know people are watching that's fine mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah it, it feels good it feels good to to be sharing some of this wisdom you know? so I'm, I'm very grateful for all the people like yourself who have helped me along this journey in the last couple of years you know wouldn't wouldn't be here wouldn't I wouldn't be doing any of the things that I'm doing right now without the, the help of all the people that have assisted me in the last couple of years. So I'm super, super mm. grateful, man, for all you have done for me and all that you, you continue to do. Mm. Mm. And yeah, like, I don't know what this next year is going to hold. You know, I've got a few small, few small little visions of, of things that could be. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for it. And I really deeply trust in the process. Mm-hmm. would you like to share where people can can find your things yeah i mean if you've enjoyed this and you want to kind of connect in more just come join us there's a there's a facebook group called house of awakening uh, which is where i hang out most of the time and we'll be hanging out more and more as time goes on and just add me as a friend on facebook and let's be friends and you know, I'll be cheeky and say, click, click, like see first or, so, or whatever the, the new Facebook t- following or whatever it is. So that when I drop something in the world, which is always with an intention of change and beauty and revealing, self-revealing as well. Um, yeah, that we can be um, connected and on the journey together. And brother, I want to say thank you um, so much for instigating this. I know this is like you know good conversation in our communities. And um, I just really want to honor you as well because your vulnerability and preparedness, you know, you, you doing this and, you know, you put yourself on the line and doing this, my man, and you kind of reveal yourself and reveal the unfoldings. And it's a, like, it is a, it is a sacrifice and a preparedness to be the one who goes first and to publicly be like, this is where I am. And this is what I'm journeying. And this is what I'm moving through. And this is what I'm wondering like there's beauty in that. And that's momentum. That's the kind of momentum and movement that creates life. And I think that in the UK, especially, I mean, this is in particular for those in the UK, um, the, the field 
of movement is a bit slower than some other places. Like in Australia, people just create and move and it's very, it's very kind of fast, you know, very solar plexus energy. Over here, yeah. there's, you know, I do find that it's a bit slower. It's a bit more tender. It's a little bit, you know, a, a, yeah. maybe a deeper rising coming through, but there's a, yeah. there's the fear that comes that in the field of people bringing their tender wakings into the space. There's a fear of bringing through the beauty that's kind of knocking on the door to come up through and you just doing this. And, you know, this is, this is a little podcast currently in Facebook live form, which is epic and magical. Um, and I just, yeah. I just think it's a beautiful example for the field and for our communities. And I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was inspired by, by your, uh, a lot of your words. So, um, you yeah, know, I'm very, very grateful to you, man. Mm. Yeah. God bless, man. And I look forward to catching up for a, for a coffee sometime soon. And, uh, yeah, sitting in, sitting in circles with you in the coming year, man. God bless you, brother. Thank God you so way, much. Good luck, brother. Peace. Bye-bye. And there we have it. Thank you very much for listening to episode one of Living Our Truth podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions, please send them to me in a message on any of the relevant platforms. And I hope you can tune into the next episode. Much love. Peace.